We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One-two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it! 3,000 for Robin! And there's a drive in the left field! This is hit well! And it's gone! You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, the the offseason, still frigid, still moving at a trickling pace, but the Brewers have made a move, and we're here to talk about the biggest news in Wisconsin sports that has come out over the last 24 hours or so. Um, I talk through a congested chest and face with uh, feverish temperatures, but uh, the real the real warmth comes from the hot stove. Before we get into that, how are you doing? I'm doing well. This uh, you, you jest, of course, about the biggest news of Wisconsin sports. Within the last couple of moments, I think before we start recording, this has probably become the third biggest news in Wisconsin sports in the last 24 hours. With Joe Barry out as Packers defensive coordinator, but um, you know, come September, October, those kind of times of year, maybe people will be looking at this in a different light. Azure, this is this is a this is a big splash. Like by Brewer standards, this is a colossal splash. It's a name that we've been talking about. I will give all credit to you. You have really been out in front and being like, this is the guy. I know the pool wasn't particularly deep of options, quality options. But part of the issue with that was always going to be, well, that makes it a little bit tougher to just go and get your guy if you're the Brewers too. It would mean there would be a cost attached that generally we don't expect the Brewers to 
pay, but I guess we've got most importantly with Reese Hoskins signing with the Brewers, we've got what we wanted, which is I feel like I understand the team's direction for the season ahead. And maybe part of all of this has been them continuing to weigh up, weigh up. Like on their part, as much as the market's slow, maybe the market was even slower for them because they were still working the phones, working the phones, working the phones, trying to work out, well, what is the best option for us this year? And at that point, okay, if deals didn't materialize, it's time to be more aggressive in the now. And that's what they've done. So I think we should all feel good about that. And we're excited about a lot of great young players going into the season. There's a real offensive asset there now with pedigree, with a big, big postseason. Um, most recently, injury. We'll talk about that as obviously disrupted the timeline. But kind of when Reese Hoskins was last in meaningful action, he was just absolutely crushing it in the postseason. So there's so much to like here. And I think plenty of reason to be excited about the ever nearing start of another Brewers baseball season. Yeah. The biggest thing to me is that they addressed the biggest position of weakness on this current roster and the roster last year, I think um, until they got Carlos Santana and maybe even after, as I was scrolling through the timeline last night, um, waiting through the different takes about all sorts of Milwaukee uh, sports happenings. I think I saw that the Brewers had the lowest combined OPS from the DH position and the first base position, and this definitely addresses that. The get this gives you your starting first baseman in Reese Hoskins. Obviously, the reason the Brewers were able to get into the market for a player of this caliber is because he missed all of last season uh, with a torn ACL that he hurt in spring training. That was around the time of the, the Edwin Diaz uh, World Baseball Classic discourse, and then Reese Hoskins tears his ACL in spring training, and so that was uh, quite a big story at the time. Um, Hoskins, a guy that definitely, at his best, up levels of position, like we said, that, that really cost the Brewers last year. Hoskins signing to a two-year, $34 million contract with an opt-out after the first season reported last night by Jeff Passan. Um, Hoskins uh, looking to bounce back, looking to reestablish his value. So it's a situation where if uh, he's very good next season and accomplishes everything that the Brewers think he will and that they want to as a team, um, he will probably opt out. And, you know, that's fine. By that point in 2025, the Brewers might have corner guys that are proving to be first baseman in the future. Um, if, if Tyler Black establishes himself at third base this year, Maybe Brock Wilkett moves over to first when he's ready. Who knows? Uh, a lot of time for things to shake out in regards to that. But for now, the Brewers have their uh, first baseman for 2024. Uh, Hoskins' career, 242, 353, 492 hitter for an 846 OPS, uh, 125 OPS plus. Um, hit 30 homers in his last full season, 27 homers in 2021. Uh 29 homers in 2019, so not the shortened season, and 34 homers in 2018. Uh, 18 homers in his 50-game debut season in 2017. He's a guy that brings power, um, decent OBPs, um, very good OBPs early in his career, but, you know, that's kind of tailed off in 2021 and 2022. But still, a hitter that is going to be better than most of the options that the Brewers would have run out in 2023. So. 
it is an exciting day because it stabilizes. Obviously, there is the risk coming off the injury. Um, I spoke glowingly about Jesse Winker last year. I spoke glowingly about Luke Voigt last year. But this, to me, you know, not being a knee expert, feels very different than those two things. Yeah, I'm going to, first and foremost, I don't think you spoke glowingly about Luke Voigt. I mean, there was some optimism. Maybe this could work, but you weren't. Jesse Winker, yeah, I, there was definitely this thing which feels similar just in terms of we were looking to a season prior to injury, but Jesse Winker is a bit older, and I I don't really think the two things are quite as comparable, even in terms of the nature of the injury. Also, I think the timeline is kind of significant here because Reese Hoskins was like, gonna be ready to go as a pinch hitter if the Phillies had got to the World Series so he was kind of back to a place where he was very close to being a go again towards the end of last season and now he has had multiple months to continue to ramp that up I'm sure there there could well be rust there might be a, a period of adjustment but I think there's every reason to think that this will work out fine you would be more of an expert on this than me albeit you're not a knee expert but I wouldn't foresee an ACL injury being as catastrophic for a baseball player as in some other sports. The reality is it's not even that catastrophic in other sports anymore. And that only gets kind of extended further when we're talking about a first baseman. So I would have a lot of optimism about that. Of course, injury, no injury, it's always possible that a guy has a down year, but you're looking at a body of work that, is very robust and you're looking at someone who should really be right around their prime years. And you mentioned the 30 home runs in his last season. I alluded to earlier, the incredible postseason he had in 2022, he had six homers in that too. So that's regular season, postseason, 36 homers. And just a guy who was like, he was there for it. He was delivering. I will talk about maybe some more specifics in a moment. I also think he's a very, like he's a very different type of power hitter than the Brewers have had in my time watching the team. Um, he just like he's quite nice and mechanically sound. Like to watch him swing a bat, um, it's not just like I, I don't know. I don't feel like there's kind of a wildness there that is a part of the power. He's just he's really really good at getting the ball up in the air. I believe he tends to hit fly balls at a rate that is right up there with, you know, the highest in all of baseball. And I I think it's just like, it's a really logical bet. The injury is a factor here, but I don't, I don't see it hanging over things in terms of it being something that needed major, major consideration or that one way or another can weigh into this or that I think should scare us from being, excited about this because we've got burned by honestly lesser and older players and with more problematic injuries for their position and their sports than what we're dealing with here so as much as that is part of the conversation i don't think it's something to kind of to dampen the hopes of of what we'd like to see from reese hoskins I think there's there's every reason to kind of think this is it's not like this is the missing piece. The Brewers are as 
this is a transition season now, albeit it's going to look very different. And honestly, they may be in transition and they may go with more games the next season than last season. Like something like that is is not impossible. Um, if someone like Jackson Churio hits the ground running and if Reese Hoskins has a good season, you've just got a very, very different profile of team. You've got Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas looking to go and earn their their next big payday somewhere else. As for Hoskins and that contract too, uh, you're right in saying, look, if he has a really good season, he can opt out. It's also like, it's not nothing money on the table too. Like if he has a good season, I think there's a decent chance that he'd be like, yeah, let's, let's come back here again. Like it's not, it's not nothing money either. It's certainly not nothing money from a brewer's perspective, but even for Hoskins, I don't think it's impossible that he could end up seeing out those two years with the Brewers while being like good to very good. I, I don't think it's it's a case of where this just has to be a one year thing. Like it's at a reasonable enough level where there could be there could be the kind of the willingness to buy in even if he has a good season, a strong bounce back. Yeah, I think what for me, it's just how much sense this has made for several months, and then this is something that they need to get done. Because we talked about bringing Carlos Santana back, and that carries similar risk in the sense that he's 38 years old. Yeah. And so, you know, there's no sure things there. The batted ball uh, data there has been trending downward on him the last few seasons. So obviously, you wonder when he's just going to be done. The Garrett Coopers of the world who. Um, the Brewers were rumored to be interested in kind of, I think, in between our last two episodes. I don't think we got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. He probably would have been a platoon option with Jake Bowers, uh, and I don't think we would have been excited about that. That is I think, grim. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm so glad we're away from that. And we're into this world where they have Reese Hoskins on this deal that we both think is reasonable, and I think everyone should be and is excited about that. As soon as I saw the Lucas Giolito deal with the Red Sox. And his was thir- uh, two years, $38.5 million. You know, Giolito looking to reestablish himself as a starting pitcher after a down year. Hoskins doing the same after an injury. Both of them just like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, do that deal. And this deal is $4.5 million uh, cheaper than that one. So, it, it, you know, it just makes all the sense in the world. And then I think it gives us, if we want to pull back, it, it gives us like a, starting day lineup to dream on like Tyler mm-hmm. Black was just rated as MLB pipelines fifth rated third base prospect we think he can be in the mix very soon you got John Morosi saying that Brewers market on Willie Adams is quiet they're not looking at shopping him they're not going to move him on you got Bryce Serang trying to figure some things out at second Hoskins at first William Contreras behind the plate the Yelich Chorio Freelich Mitchell uh, Weimer outfield mix to talk about and somebody in that mix probably de-aging regularly. I mean, there's a lot to like there in terms of bounce-back seasons. Adamas, continued sustained success, Contreras. Uh, Yelich, uh, returning to that st- stability um, he showed last season where he can have those flashes of brilliance. And Chorio making his debut. The outfielders up-leveling. I mean... R- rumblings of a... Of a big offseason and Joey Weimer looking really good from from inside the Brewers organization. And then all of a sudden, t- you take all that together and the kind of chatter we've heard about teams not really wanting to offer up good prospect packages for rentals, all of a sudden, 
you know, we would have liked to cash in on Burns in this offseason when you have a chance, but all of a sudden you see a vision for competing in 2024 and this team being the favorite for the National League Central. Um, I think, like you, I'm most worried about the Reds, probably then the Cubs and the Cardinals, but, like, going with this roster as it's currently constructed, and they may very well be done, they may not be done, because what has Matt Arnold said last offseason, and I think what he said last offseason is what he did right here. He was opportunistic in a market um, that was uncertain for Hoskins, and he thought, you know what, what's a great fit for... Uh, it's a great fit for his bat, too. Like, I think coming to hit an American family field for a season is probably something that's very appealing for a hitter trying to reestablish themselves. Is there another option out there that could get DH at bats, corner infield at bats, third base at bats? I don't know. I would say they're probably done in terms of their core position players. Maybe they still looked at uh, for starting pitching depth as we heard that Jansen Junk is rumored to be looking uh, for uh, opportunities in Japan. I don't know. But all of a sudden, like, I go from uncertain about this team to thinking that they should be the NL Central favorite or at least a team that's going to be in the playoff mix for most of the season. I think that's fair, and I think even in talking about them being opportunistic, one part of this equation, too, if you make the decision that you're not going to trade away Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas, and you're also realistic with the fact that you're not going to be able to afford them on their next contract, you don't necessarily, you know... uh, I'm not uh I'm not Mark Adonazio's accountant, so I can't I can't speak definitively to this. But in theory, if the cash flow situation is good enough, you don't necessarily have to wait until next year to do some of your spending if an opportunity arises this year that you know could get you ahead of part of that too. And that, that may come to positions of need. That's where there could be room for further opportunism where the profile of the team is going to change. I do think Again, this makes me think, okay, trades are off the table and Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas are going to be on the opening day roster, barring what will be a really strong offer in that case. And if that's the case, fine. I think, you know, we'd still feel like, regardless of what would have happened there, we would have been like, they need a first baseman. Um, I guess now, if you wanted to make trades or if you received an offer that was, you know, so good that you couldn't but turn it down, you might have more room to chase prospects at different positions, which could be of concern. Shortstop, second base, like those kind of infield positions are going to be bigger questions next year. We'll see what Bryce has this year, but obviously with Willie going. Um, and again, starting pitching in a more obvious sense, if you're trading away Corbin Burns. So having first base taken care of may even set the table for, if a trade was to happen, it would go that direction. I don't expect it to though now. Um, but um, maybe another part of this is if the Brewers are going to really try to be smart and be opportunists about this, they could try to get ahead of some of the things that will be kind of facing them next year and make themselves even stronger for the final year with those guys, but also make it a little less painful going into next year if the right players were available and deals could be done. You know, but even if it's just a couple of years, again, they're in this spot of kind of trying to bridge things. And if Brock Wilkin and Tyler Black like pan out in the way that we'd like to and can be everyday starters for the Brewers going forward, well, then Reese Hoskins may just be kind of a footnote in a wider kind of 
span of well, what does a five, six, seven year run of the Brewers look like in this time? What does first base and third base look like at that point? That's fine. You, know, you need to you need to kind of keep the seats warm though, <laughs> and you need to be competitive if you can't find a trade at your other spots. So look, we've been critical, and I feel like this is kind of addressing exactly what I was not our last episode, it was one before that what I was calling for, which is just like you need to make a decision that clarifies your position. You either like have to make the trade or you have to go and start signing to make yourself a better team this year and make it worth not making a trade. And they did that. And I, I, again, I don't think all options are off the table, but I think they can feel really, really good about operating from a position of strength now. Um, You could look at different kind of prospects if it was a case of packages for a trade, but most importantly, particularly this close to the start of the season, really, as we are getting closer and the market is still very slow, like Matt Arnold, Pat Murphy, they can look at a potential opening day lineup and be like, yeah, it looks like a team that's ready to win some baseball games this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Uh, Adam, as you know, I can be uh, quickly won over um, by off-the-field things in uh, combing some social media stuff from from Reese Hoskins. Uh, his uh, background photo uh, on Twitter it looks to be of a golden retriever puppy, some sort of puppy. Um, so that's, you know, thumbs up in my book. Um, also, it seems he does a lot of work with uh, mu- muscular dystrophy. So I've seen him in photos you know, at, uh, at summer camp counseling things or benefits. And you know what? It, it just seems like a, a good dude was a fan favorite in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm sure they didn't necessarily uh, want uh, him to, to leave after the lost season due to the injury, but they have like 6,000 first base DH types. You know, once Bryce Harper hurt his arm and had to move to first, Kyle Schwarber, you don't really want to give him a glove. You got... Nick Cassiano's running around the outfield. Not not a lot of room for a guy at first base or at DH in Philadelphia. So the uh the fun homer guys uh did not have room for Hoskins, but he seemed like a fan favorite. And uh yeah, to go back to your 
original point. Uh, or he also also you talked about the uh, postseason home run success, um, and you know the division series homer against the Braves off of Spencer Schrider, where he just absolutely chucks the bat into the ground like he's spiking a football. Um, just great, great television. If anyone wants to go back and watch that, you can find it readily available on YouTube. Um, go it ahead. plays. It plays in front of Andrew's eyes every night when he, you know, closes up to go to sleep. Yeah, it's uh, it's like my eyelids are two projector screens. Uh, but to go back to your original point, just shout out to Matt Arnold for making the exact move that they needed at this time. This offseason has been uh, happening in fits and starts all across baseball. I think the Brewers were one of the teams going into yesterday that had spent under $20 million this offseason on the Major League roster. And uh, yeah, this puts them above that and... It puts them in a much better spot. I, I really do wonder, like, what's next if there is anything next? Because like any roster, you're never going to feel like it's perfect. I think one thing that um, I've seen speculated on from writers online is if they'll deal from some of their relief depth to try and address other areas on the roster or maybe even grab a prospect or two. And that's that's something I've been wondering about. We haven't seen it happen. Um, the reliever market uh i think it's still probably pretty robust but we have seen some larger names uh be uh snapped up recently robert stevenson went to the angels uh aroldis chapman went to the pirates uh and uh robert murray had reported that the brewers were interested I'm gonna, thanks to the pirates because i want no part of that so glad that that did not happen but uh yeah i wonder if uh as guys continue to sign there and things shake out that way. I wonder if the Brewers do do something like that or if this is just kind of, you know, this is what the team is, which I think I'd still be fine with, especially if the idea is that Tyler Black has a shot to win that third base job um, out of spring training because I think that's something you and I would both be very excited to see. That being said, we do know uh, what it looks like for a full season when you're relying in rookies in a lot of spot and now you've got a a lot of second-year guys and one prominent rookie that definitely you'd expect to be in the opening day lineup. But, yeah, it's like they're in a spot now where they don't have to do anything else, but if they did, it would kind of just double down on kind of our thought that, yeah, 2024 is a year to go out and win, which is I don't think we were always so sure that was the case. I really do think the Woodruff injury just changed so much about what this offseason was going to be because I think they would have had, or actually that in terms of the Corbin Burns trade, because I think they would have had this offseason that they're having right now with the idea of Woodruff leading the line and a Corbin Burns trade is much more on the table. When you lost that option, um, obviously that's why we are here today with the idea that Burns is going to be starting on opening day and you plan to keep him the whole season and have him start in playoff games. Um, Woodruff's still unsigned, by the way. I was uh, just about to say, when would you expect that to happen? Because that feels like... He seems like a flyer, and we heard all about, like... Well, at some point, it was like, there's 28 teams interested in Brandon Woodruff. Um, that kind of feels like something that there was enough competition where you would have thought it would have happened by now. I just keep expecting the Mets to do it. David Stearns, I mean, they're, like kind of wishy-washy about whether they say they want to be competitive in 24. Uh, they've got the uh, Pete Alonso expiring contract kind of hanging over their heads. I feel like 
whoever is going to get Brandon Woodruff, you'd want to, you know, have him rehabbing with you for this season, like be around the team and in the facilities. So I don't know. Maybe teams are more scared off by the shoulder than, you know, we would have thought. And obviously the Brewers were, and they're the way they choose to operate their payroll. They are in a situation where they don't want to have that, like kind of hanging over them. So, yeah. Um, you, do I you remember I'm, Matt Arnold's comments on like the farewell? That like didn't he left, they actually he left didn't the close open? the door? Yeah. yeah, and it was like it, it did kind of feel like oh look you we'll see and you know maybe the market if <laughs> I don't know I like I can't I could never have imagined that happening but it's it's certainly a weird situation because as you said I would have uh, thought like getting him in and rehabbing would have been crucial. I mean, the Brewers should just be like extending and all branch. Hey, look, you know, Woody, we love you. Rehab here. You don't have to sign a contract, but if no one else is, you can rehab here for the time being. You know, let's keep all of that nice and in order and then see what happens. But uh, yeah, just kind of interesting. Weird, weird that it's that long, except we are in this offseason where everything is taking forever. If only it were uh, Tommy John, because then he could just do exactly what Otani's doing and, you know, DH for a year. What do oh, you yeah. love stepping in the batter's box? How about we do it again? We run it back. Um, yeah, that is that is interesting. I just keep I just keep slapping the David Stearns button, or I was going to think that the Braves might do something like that, and then they traded for Chris Sale and then extended him. Although, who knows what their twenty twenty five rotation will look like with Max Fried being a pending free agent. And Charlie Morton continuing to fight against Father Time, and you know somehow he keeps he keeps winning somehow. I don't know. Um, Even a team like I don't know. I mean, they they want someone more immediately, which is why we put them out there. And Corbin Burns talked, but the Orioles like kind of having no real clarity there with a true ace. You think they'd be like, could this kind of be a way that we could backdoor our way into that in a cheaper way? I don't know. It, look, it's not straightforward. It's not easy for any team to to go and get him now and know that you're not going to have the year. Um, I say it's not easy for any team. There are some teams that sure. I mean, the Dodgers could give him any contract they want. They just pay none of it this season um, or for many seasons, as we've seen <laughs> all offseason. And that, that would take care of that. But, yeah, interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I saw um, that uh, James Paxton was going to sign a, sign a deal um, with the Dodgers, like one year, eleven million, maybe if I'm remembering that. Veteran guy had the like peak of his career with the Mariners. Has uh, been injured the last few seasons as he's tried to play for I think the Red Sox and maybe someone else. And I I kept like refreshing twitter to see if like he was actually paying them to play or something because I'm, I'm wondering what the next iteration of that is uh for the dodgers you know the whole thing adam about jordan henderson uh having deferred his money in saudi arabia and it may not see he's not any gonna get any of it that's that's the next step for the dodgers they're like how can we do that like it just like can can you just pay play for us to, through like july and then we just not pay you anything that's the next wave of what the dodgers is going to try to do They've got to make, you know, the city of Los Angeles such a miserable place that people do anything to get out of there within just a few short months. That is a current obstacle in the Dodgers' path to that, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, 
if you listen to Buster Posey, uh, uh, and that you know that's why they can't get free agents to to San Francisco. It's just you know, so terrible. Um, is not the fact that you know they're not the organization they were uh, a decade ago. It's not that, Adam. Don't don't look inside yourself and think about the way you're running the franchise. Blame something else. Is there anything else uh, we have to talk about as we noted Tyler Black number five on uh, MLB Pipeline's third base prospects? Uh, Morosi saying Willie Adamas is going nowhere, and you know we feel good about our team in in 2024. Baseball America came out with their prospect list this time last year and this time this year in the next few weeks <laughs> as uh, prospect rankings continue to to trickle out. Um, we'll talk about those. Um, I think the Brewers had five players rank on that Baseball America list. Jackson Chorio, of course, uh, coming in the highest at um, second on that ranking. Um we also saw Tyler Black there as well, Jacob Mizorowski, Jefferson Caro, um, and Baseball America is logged me out. So I'm sure they, they could all be <laughs> risers, though, too, this year. I mean, not so much Cheerio, it's a tougher one. Um, he hasn't got too much room to rise. Some of those others, though, and generally, I guess the consensus, what it sounds like from people and how they performed last year, they could all be risers. So I think Mizorowski is the one I'm most intrigued to see what his full season or start of the season in double A looks like, because you've got people saying like in terms of his stuff and especially his fastball, he's got like some of the best stuff in anyone's system, like, so of any prospect. And then people have delivery concerns and durability concerns and how many times he can turn over a lineup concerns. So I'm really intrigued to see whether this season he establishes himself as a starter or if those people with concerns start to look right and he has to be, like, a fearsome bullpen option because either way... I think it's going to produce um, an exciting option for either the Brewers rotation or bullpen, maybe bullpen for 24, who knows, or like either way, I think he's a guy that's going to be competing for spots on this team as early as the latter half of this year, but like at the latest um, for 2025, we're going to be having this conversation about if he's fighting for one of the rotation spots going into next season. Obviously, if he's good, he's good, and that's great for the Brewers, whatever way it is, but it could be a bit of a game-changer if he can be a starter and if he kind of shows that is the trajectory he's on and he has a level of comfort there because you could be in a spot where, let's say, Robert Gasser has a good year starting in the big leagues this year, and you're then moving to a point where you're looking at a post-Corbin Burns, post-Brandon Woodruff like timeline where if Mizorowski like a, is a starter, you oops, could... they did it again with Gasser, yeah, Carlos Rodriguez, and Mizorowski. <laughs> exactly. And that's... I, I think, again, this is the kind of challenge of how the Brewers run things and the limited resource at your disposal compared to a lot of other teams around baseball. You kind of have to do that to some extent, but this might be the time where if they were to do it, this could be a really special team on the rise. Like, I think there's a lot there that we really like, and I think we have high hopes. But if 
kind of the best of what everyone is seeing with Mizorowski he ends up projecting out as a starter he could be a guy who be- could become one of the best starters in baseball and then you've got that you've got a prospect like Churio hopefully the likes of Black and Wilkin you know live up to not even like it because that's the thing too it's like if you got a great young starter and if Churio delivers on his potential so you've got a star outfielder you've got a great starting pitcher all those other guys can just be like really solid and good <laughs> you know it kind of it changes the dynamic to what we've been used to in the past couple of years somewhat Bruce fans don't need to be reminded of this like going back too far because it brings you closer to a world of when Christian Yelich was like one of the best players in baseball when he was an MVP like to get there and to have a really kind of formidable depth of okay there's multiple quality outfield options there's multiple quality infielders and you get to a place where you just have a lineup that's filled with guys who can hit you've got good defense and then you've just got your game changers on both sides of the ball that's that that builds an entirely different team. So that's one to watch very closely. I mean, the other side of that is maybe Robert Gasser, as can happen, just like surpasses all expectations and looks better as a starting pitching option or a pitcher of a higher caliber when he lands in the big leagues. Maybe Carlos Rodriguez can continue to impress and similar for him and they become even kind of more important cogs and more impressive players as they advance through the system. But definitely in terms of just the stuff and in terms of the what if kind of question lingering about what the ceiling could be for these young brewers, Mizorowski is definitely the one to watch. Robert Gasser was the fifth name I was missing. I finally got logged in there. Um, he came in at 98th on baseball America's list. Um, so obviously I don't think I would have guessed that at all. He just doesn't feel like top 100 prospect kind of guy. Frame uh, like that then that's that's its own kind of interesting thing, but I I don't think I remember that. Yeah, and then uh obviously Caro and Mizorowski 33rd and 32nd there and then Tyler Black was the other name. So it's the Brewers work to make. He's at 70th. There you go. All right. I, I did it. I did it, everyone. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. If the Brewers were to make one more move, because basically what is there is the potential for them to go the <laughs> the Andrew McCutcheon, Jesse Winker, like that kind of salary slot is there in a perfectly like manageable way that I don't think has to be made as a big deal. Like that's in terms of where their salary sits right now. So I'm not looking for one of those guys. I'm, I would like them to get it right this year. But you're thinking, and I think you've possibly got a name. Maybe it's a name you fear. Maybe it's a name you like. But regardless, where, where, how, what would you be looking to do if they're still in the market in that regard? How would you be spending that salary at what position? Or if if you are kind of just, well, this is the player, you can go that route either. It's tough because I, excuse me, sorry, as I mentioned, flu game for me. Um I don't I don't think they're gonna offer one of those options just because of what they want to do with flexibility in that DH spot. But if they were to sign a true DH can maybe spell Hoskins a few games at first base, I think that the annual Andrew McCutcheon spot should go to Brandon Belt if they're gonna do that. Because I think he gives you a platoon option against right-handed pitchers that would absolutely mash. I mean, last year, 254, 369, 490, 19 homers and 404 plate appearances. If you got that kind of production from him again, that would like be very valuable to this lineup. But I think the lack of flex- flexibility that he brings would be tough to add into this mix. Like if Matt Chapman were available on a pillow contract similar to Hoskins, great. I don't think he's going to be. Uh, so I'll put that notion out of my brain. Do you think the Brewers uh, would stretch that far if he was? No, I don't think so. They're probably not handing out another like approaching twenty million dollars. Yeah. Right. So I guess the more realistic answer is I think they like any team. They would say you can't have enough starting pitching depth, and they would pick up one of these bounce back candidate starters set in the mix with Joe Ross, Colin Ray, and the alike. Is there any, say, sub $10 million third base option that you think could be worth a flyer here? Because they've got Monasterio. We're hoping that Tyler Black could just come and, you know, grab that position with both hands and never look back. I don't know. I would like, I think if, even if you're projecting or you're planning on black being that guy, I would like someone a little bit more experienced with more of a track record, than Monasterio to be your other option at third base. So you could, you know, in part not do the black, what you necessarily did to like Weimer and Tarang last year. Um, as you kind of hinted at earlier, there are definite pitfalls to 
this is not a superstar level prospect necessarily and just being like yeah you're playing every day and we need you to be good and you know there isn't room for you to have any kind of adjustments to oh big league pitching or anything like that um Another guy. I'm, I'm aware be... th- these aren't going to be perfect options. We're now we're moving towards the bargain base. But this is more the Andrew McCutch and Jesse Winker memorial signing. Uh, Dare I say Brian Anderson? <laughs> sure. Um. So another one that uh, I think you know would spring to mind does not play at third base anymore. I don't think, and would probably be out of that price range, you know, if the Justin Turner prophecy hmm. could happen, if he could still play third base, um, that, you know, that would have been great. The only other name that really springs to mind that is unsigned would be uh, Gio Urshela. Like, I think if they didn't have a Monasterio sitting there, maybe they do something like that. Um, but I don't know. I just... I think the the options are slim. You know, we talked about them dealing from uh, reliever depth. Uh, the Angels just picked up another reliever, bringing back uh, Matt Moore. Maybe they want another reliever, and they want to ship over Brandon Jury. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe that could be something they go with. But the real answer is, I'm having a tough time seeing it. And I would think that if there's another move coming down the line, it might be like a Michael Lorenzen type starter reliever hybrid that gives them more pitching options because to your point i really don't think i think hoskins kind of kills the oh go sign a dh as much as i'd like that because i just think they for flexibility of everything else from trying to get a look at all of your outfielders from where yelly's at in his career from also i think probably hoping that middle of the year jefferson caro is going to be up and then Yep. You're, you're going to have Contreras DH sometimes too. I I just don't really see the opportunity there as much as like a really good specialist DH would be a really nice thing for this team to have, seeing as they just haven't had it. It's going to be a rotating spot, and they need it to be that because of the depth elsewhere. It just now feels like, I mean, like there are a couple of spots. The third base is the most obvious now. Second and short, too, in terms of what your options are behind your guys. Like, it's not it's not stellar. Uh, maybe, again, this is maybe if an opportunity arises, you could take a look at someone, think a little bit more long-term. I don't know. At the same time, I do think, for example, for all the struggles, I think you want Bryce Terang to play this year because you want to know what you've got with Bryce Terang. Um because I just think that's essential by the time that Willie Adams is moving on, having some sense of, okay, is Bryce Terang just so bad offensively at the big leagues that we can't plan for him to be? Or is he going to figure something out where he could be your shortstop, he could be your second baseman, but he's he's part of your plans there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like there's room to do something, whether the options are available might be tough. We'll see. A starting pitcher wouldn't be the worst idea. They do have, they still 
they have good depths in that department, even if Jensen Junk was to go. And I mean, I know they had even greater depths last year and honestly they needed it and it kind of, it paid dividends for them. So maybe they'd go back to that well, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, at the very least, uh, we feel much better about the 2024 Milwaukee Brewers than we felt waking up yesterday. Um, Reese Hoskins added to the mix. Um, and like I said earlier, they could do something else, but if they don't, um, we feel like uh, they've got a team that can compete. And, you know, full credit to Matt Arnold for doing exactly what I wanted in my hopes and dreams and signing uh, Reese Hoskins. The first the first home run is going to be great. I'm going to spike my bat in the living room uh, just symbolically to honor Reese Hoskins. Uh, next time, uh, I've been doing some uh, some googling into other Brewers prospects that we don't talk about often. So you know, if if uh, the market doesn't yield anything else to talk about, I have some I have some guys I want to talk about next week. So looking forward to that. All right, I look forward to that too. And maybe the Brewers are going to help to have kickstarted the market and we can even get a greater light of land more generally. Because like part of me would like to. You, you mentioned it of like, yeah, it seems like the Reds are probably the other team to worry about in the NL Central. But it's not just the Brewers who have been kind of in this holding pattern. And with that, it's it's tough to be more definitive on what the shape of teams all around baseball look like. So if the market gets moving, we can start to maybe take a closer look at the NL Central soon as well. The Cubs were rumored to be a team in on Hoskins. I know they traded for Michael Bush, and he expects to be um, their first baseman of the present and the future. But, you know, the Cubs could have used Hoskins at DH. They're going to finally pony up the money and overpay Cody Bellinger. I mean, uh, you know, what are they going to do? They got Shota Imanaga and Michael Bush and a $40 million manager. Um, so, you know, what what else? Craig, you know, it seems like uh, free agent spending, same as the old free agent spending over there in the friendly confines. I don't know. Like, are you really happy with, like, your new Eric Lauer and uh, your uncertain first base prospect? I don't know. I don't know. Just I'm just asking questions. They're valid questions. Do you think he's got... There, might there be some buyer's remorse? You know, kind of all, all around? Might well, there first be a of sense all... Of, <laughs> might he be looking at Reese Hoskins? I mean, like, God, Reese Hoskins and Jackson Cheerio. And, and you know, the people the people of Chicago, Chicago's best and brightest, even, we could say, you know? One, one Glenn Rivers, better known to friends and associates as Doc, uh, he's a Chicago native who seems set to just be like, you know what? For the second time in my life, I don't care about Chicago. I want to. Milwaukee is my home. I want to go and represent the city of Milwaukee. Um, you know, first of all, Craig lost the community, so I want to make that clear. And he's he's uh he's gonna be hard pressed to get that back out of him. I I wondered. Will Doc uh, all... gain the same community? Could he? Could he? Maybe not. Uh, it you know I think if he if he brings home that third NBA championship to the city of Milwaukee, I, I think I think he'll have gained a lot. Um, 
I, I, I just imagined Craig in his kitchen. Or I guess, at what what time was it when the Adrian Griffin news started happening? It was early afternoon because you were in the midst of watching a four-hour movie. And yeah. I was like, ha-ha, Adam, I'm, I'm in meetings all afternoon. The Brewers are going to sign a first baseman. I was only off by about five or six hours. So, you know, that proved to be true. Um, but instead of that happening during that window, the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin. And all hell broke loose. And I imagine Craig Council sitting in Whitefish Bay having uh, his afternoon tea, maybe, um, looking over at his wife and saying, Honey, do you think if I express interest in the Bucks job, I can regain our community? And, uh, you know, it, it seems like too little too late. Craig uh, is not going to be the Bucks coach, and uh, it's, it seems like Glenn's coming to town. Listen, the man has been spotted at Bucks games lately. No, not brave enough to put his face up on the on the big screen, though. I don't know. Being the Bucks coach, man, that'd be cool. <laughs> like, just, man, wouldn't it be cool to be the Bucks coach? Craig Council has thought about it <laughs> over the years. Just always wondered as he was pissing in a trough. Do you like, think so? You know, what? Are you sure? Do you know, I think he's probably thought over the years. God, that Michael Jordan guy is something. Wouldn't it be great to coach the Bulls? It seems, he, it's, oh, honestly, man. it seems more like it. Oh, man. He just, just dreams, dreams do come true sometimes, Adam. And that's, uh, you know, going to a ballpark that should probably be condemned by the city. It's just in state of disrepair. Just a, a real, a real shame. Um, but enough of that. <laughs> I have uh, let myself go off the rails. I'm going to take some ibuprofen. I'm going to um, probably like put myself in a straight jacket just so I can't buy a Reese Hoskins jersey. I'll, I'll save that for later and I, I should probably just avoid it altogether given my recent track record um but you know maybe maybe a jersey purchases in my future who can say adam the one thing i can say is uh it's been really fun to talk about some positive brewers news um gspn.info join the discord if you want to chat about the brewers 365 days a year we had a lot of fun with it last night uh one and only jordan tresky broke the news to all of us in there and uh yeah, after the day of Adrian Griffin discourse, that was just like a nice, a nice midnight snack that was a, a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, I was fast asleep, uh, so this is this is my yeah, only documented just... reaction to it. I, I'm, I, I do, I got involved in the Brewers Discord, but I was, as a bit almost, I don't, I didn't tweet anything about uh, about Adrian Griffin about Doc Rivers. You know, it's, I just I might just become saver for the pod guy. It might just be like. You know, the people that want to hear my thoughts on Joe, they've got to, you know, get around the radio, you know, appointment listening. It's time for me to weigh in. So I don't know, maybe we can keep this going where I just don't tweet about the stuff and we just save podcasts. You just have to wake up to the deranged ramblings of a idiot. And like, they did it. We did it, Adam. We did it, Joe. That kind of a thing is, is what you uh woke up to. We did it. Can can the Brewers do even more? Find out next time. Cruising for a bruising. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. Eurostep Podcast Network. That's the main feed. Home to all things Milwaukee books. Ty Windish and Rowan Cotty. Once again, star of television. Rowan Cotty. Uh, have already shared their immediate reaction to the news of Adrian Griffin's firing to the reports of the 
you know, what time are we now? 9.04 a.m. Central on Wednesday. Um, the It seems like imminent hiring of Doc Rivers as his replacement. So if you haven't already, go check out Tyne Rowan on that news. Myself and Jordan Tresky will be recording on Thursday. We'll have our reaction. We'll react to the continued reaction to the reaction and all the articles about the Adrian Griffin era. So look out for that on that same Eurostep Podcast Network feed on Friday morning. The Green Bay Packers season, Andrew, somehow, some way, they were they were slowed down. They were stopped. Uh, not easily. Barely. They 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 almost did it. New Mac and Jordan have been breaking down. Well, they haven't really yet. They haven't had a chance to. They broke down the game itself, the loss to the Giants that brought an end to the season. They will be breaking down the season that was all of the good, mostly. I guess there'll be some some bad, but all of the good that came from this Packers season. They will also undoubtedly be reacting to the news of Joe Barry's firing. Talking to Tundra is the place to hear Numac and Jordan talk all things Green Bay Packers. Last but by no means least. Make time for this podcast for all things movies, pop culture, all of that stuff. Andrew and I, uh, on our next episode, we'll be talking about our most anticipated movies of 2024. We'll probably tack on some Oscar reaction onto that, to the nominations, just to keep things topical. If you are, you know, I think a normal person would be the way to put this, and you're going to try and catch up on some movies now that you've seen the Oscar nominations, things you might have missed, things that might interest you. Hey, it's a good pod to listen to this time of year. We'll we'll be talking about like, quite a few movies that have been nominated, some that haven't been nominated but are among the best of the year, and we'll be talking about the Oscars in plenty of detail over the coming weeks, so make sure you subscribe to Make Time for this, and you'll be on top of all of that. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.